There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you again for tuning into our Friday edition of the podcast. We're certainly thankful for each of you that listen. Thankful for those of you that are homeschooling, using this as your chapel service. For those of you traveling, your commuters, those of you listening at home, uh, we're thankful for each of you. I do pray that the podcast will be a blessing to you. This will probably be my last podcast for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly how long, but uh, Lord willing, by the end of next week, I'll be able to record again. But even as you're listening to this podcast, we should be in the hospital, the Jamesburg Hospital. And so if we've not had a baby by the time you listen to this, we should be expecting pretty soon to be having a little baby boy. And so you pray for the McVeighs and uh, you pray that God would have his way, his will. We'd ask for protection for both mama and baby. And of course, we always pray and ask for a healthy birth. What a great joy it is to know the great God of heaven hears and answers according to his goodness and according to his mercy. We're in Psalm 18 again today. I probably won't get a chance to finish this psalm. And so I'm just going to go ahead and just go as far as we can in the psalm. But we're going to start again in verse 16, where we touch back a little bit what we talked about yesterday. And he says, he sent me from above. He took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. So again, there's the sorrows of, de- of hell that have compassed him about. And so we know that. We understand that according to the scriptures. And so the sorrows of hell have compassed him about. His strong man had bound him. He could not escape that. But the Lord heard him, and the Lord delivered him. And the word of God says, They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. There's his deliverance. So he crossed that great gulf. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So here's the excellent, whom is all my delight. And so we see that the Lord... Uh, knowing him, and the Lord, of course, knows the Son of God, who we're speaking of, Jesus Christ himself, and that's what the prophet is speaking of here. And then in verse 20, the Lord, he says, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. And then it says again in the word of God, in verse 24, therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. And so he talks about the cleanness of his hands and the purity, the cleanliness, the godliness, the holiness, his righteousness. There's none other that can deliver himself by his righteousness but Jesus Christ himself. Now, in John chapter 1, and I'm going to go back, and I'm just going to touch on a very basic cardinal doctrine of the faith. And I was reading recently, one of the old timers wrote his autobiography, and it was one of the great arguments in 1804 and 1805 with the Presbytery of Kentucky. And they were arguing these, uh, these statements in these matters. And what, of course, one of the great divisions they had was baptism. 
Was it immersion? Was it sprinkling? Or did it matter? And of course, the Baptists held to immersion. The Methodists held to sprinkling. And many of them would accept infant or pedobaptism as a form of baptism. And it was a great debate. One of the other great debates was over the body of Jesus Christ, the flesh of Jesus Christ. And that debate still rages on today. I'd say it's been raging for 2,000 years. But here's what John said. In the beginning was the Word. And I realize this is very entry level. This is Christianity 101. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And in the Word of God says this, and the Word was God. Now, corrupt versions and modern day translationists, many of them will change that to the Word was a God. But the Word of God says the Word was God. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so, based on the evidence of the Word of God, we know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We know that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. We know that Jesus Christ is God. In verse 14 of John 1, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ himself in John 3, one of the most well-known passages of Scripture in entry-level Christianity, said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so again, now we see the cleanness of his hands. This is God. This is God in flesh. We see his righteousness. We see that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we see that in the person of Jesus Christ. And so these facts have been established by the word of God. A man that would doubt these things is a man that has no faith. A man that would question these matters is a man that has no faith. There's no arguing this. There's no debating this. This is simple doctrine, entry-level doctrine, not to be disputed, not to be questioned, not to be doubted. No, because the Word of God has stated it as a fact, and we can preach it dogmatically because of the facts of the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us in the same in, in verse 10, he was in the world. Who? Jesus Christ. Verse 8 and 9 says he was that light. Verse 9 said he was that true light. And he was in the world. And so that we know the flesh came and dwelt among us. We know the flesh lived among men. And he goes on, he says this, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Now, that's a statement that men begin to debate and begin to argue about that Jesus Christ, the creator, that he had made all things. But the word of God says this in Colossians 1 and 15, who is the image of the invisible God? the firstborn of every creature, for by him, who is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in verse 13, by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things. He's the eternal God. He is the everlasting God. And because he's eternal in the heavens, all things were created by him, and before all things, by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. What is that fullness? In him is the fullness of the Godhead. What does he say? In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
That's in the person of Jesus Christ. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. When he said the Holy Ghost would come to them, he said, I will come to you. Why? You cannot separate. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead. It dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And so these things were reconciled by Jesus Christ. That's why God could deliver him by the cleanness of his hands. That's why God could deliver him by his righteousness. It pleased the Lord to deliver him. So it goes on, it says this of him, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. That's why we're commanded as the saints of God to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why? The world does not know Jesus Christ. This world does not know Jesus Christ. This world knows pragmatism. This world knows political adventure. Uh, this world knows ideals and greed and, of course, not just wickedness, good ideals and good thoughts, but everything's geared around money. Everything's geared around uh, being wealthy and making your own name, making a name for yourself, being your own man, so to speak. That's what this world system is geared for. And he's not of this world. And the world knows him not. And the world has never known him. The world is going to continue not to know him. That word knew them. The world knew him not. They did not know. He came to his own. Uh, he, the next verse says, and his own received him not. Why? They did not know him. They would not acknowledge that he was the son of God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now there's where the rubber meets the road with Jesus Christ. Is he able to give power to those that believe on him? Is he able to make them the sons of God? Well, the scripture said that yes, absolutely he can. Not only can he, but absolutely he did. And so we see that according to the scripture, even to them that believe on his name. And so it's the name of Jesus, that only name, that name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ that we look to for full assurance of faith. Again, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And so men question that. Men say, well, how do we know we have the right Christ? Well, it's pretty simple. Is he the Jesus Christ of the Bible? Is he the Jesus Christ that God has set up? Is he the Jesus Christ that created all things? Because Philippians told us, but made himself in verse chapter two and verse seven, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also, and thank God, because of the cleanness of his hands, because of his own righteousness, because he was the Son of God, God was made flesh. Therefore God, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we see that God hath given him a name. It's above every name. God hath highly exalted him. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come. It's the name of Jesus Christ that we believe. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? He's the Son of God. He's God made flesh. And that's paramount to our faith. 
The word of God said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's in Acts 1 and verse 8. Why does the Holy Ghost have to come upon us? Because Jesus Christ departed in that same chapter of Acts chapter 1. And he departed, and he's making intercession for the saints. He's making intercession for those that believe on his name. He is the propitiation for our sins. Why? Because he pleased the Lord with the cleanness of his hands. John said on this wise, as many as received him, in verse 12 of chapter 1, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born. And so he speaks now of that new birth, which is in the name of Jesus Christ, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then he says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Now that's the word of God. That's what the Word of God says about the Son of God. Psalm 18 says in verse 20, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Why? He's God in flesh. He knew no sin. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. So he resurrected him according to the cleanness of his hands. His soul was not left in hell. His Holy One did not see corruption. That's the body of Jesus Christ. He was resurrected from the dead. And it pleased the Lord to resurrect him according to the scriptures. In verse 21, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Now, how was Jesus Christ upright before him? He was obedient even to the death of the cross. He obeyed the scripture. He fulfilled the scripture through obedience. Even when it said, as a lamb before her shears is dumb, yet he opened all his mouth. You know what he did? He did not open his mouth. He did not speak in his defense. He did not uh, rise up against them. He didn't try to overthrow those that stood against him. No, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's the Savior. That's Jesus Christ. He obeyed the scripture. And because he obeyed the scripture, he said, I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. In all of that, Jesus Christ never sinned. In all of that, Jesus Christ never put away the statutes of God, never put away the judgments of God. He knew that God was holy. Why? He was God in flesh. And that's paramount to our faith to understand that. We're in a day when men really don't believe that. We're in a day when men really just kind of make a supposition about Jesus Christ. and They don't believe how holy he was. They believe he was just either a mere man or he was some type of a mystical spirit. But no, he was God in flesh. He said, I was also upright before him. And I kept myself from mine iniquity. That's a tremendous statement in itself, that he kept himself from mine iniquity, he that knew no sin. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. And so the Lord recompensed him according to his righteousness. What a tremendous statement. According to the cleanness of his hands. Why? Those hands knew no sin. Those hands that took those loaves, those hands that took those fishes, those hands that put the clay upon the eyes of the blind man, those hands that touched the leper, those hands that, that labored with his father. They were clean hands. They were holy hands. They were God's hands. And he rewarded him according to the cleanness of those hands. 
This is prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. When we see these passages of Scripture, it's important for us to understand who Jesus Christ was. He's not some mythical figure. He was the Son of God. He dwelt on earth. He walked on earth. He lived on earth. He died on earth. And he resurrected on earth. And one of these days, he's coming back to earth to establish his kingdom on earth. Why? Because he said he would do that. And he's always obeyed the Father. He's always been obedient to the Word of God. And he's always been obedient to what the Scripture saith concerning himself. Why? Because he's God. He is the Word of God. And that living word in us identifies with the written word before us. And it ought to stir in us and it ought to cause us to rejoice. Why? Because the word is dwelt among us. And the word of God still can indwell man and change them, make them a new creature. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please pray for the McVeigh family as we take this little hiatus from the podcast. Pray for these preachers that will be filling in. We'll be posting messages as we receive them. Would you pray for them? We'll also pray for those of you. And if you need prayer, contact us through the website. We give information at the end of the broadcast. and tells you how to reach out to the McVeigh family. And if you'd like to do that, would you go ahead at this time and listen to the trailer here on the end of the podcast. And, and feel free to contact us at any time. In the meantime, may God bless you. Have a great week. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.